Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous team. Welcome to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, an episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I'm Adam Nicholas, and we are here to talk about episode one of Bojack Horseman. But before we do that, this is a brand new podcast, and we, well, I think maybe as an introduction is probably necessary here for anybody who may not be familiar <laughs> with what's going on. How dare they? How, How dare, dare they? they? So I have to ask you, Michael Hamflit. What are we doing here? Well, Adam Nicholas, what we are doing here <laughs> is to review this show. It's a show that I think has become very close to our hearts mm. collectively as two fans that get to talk about it. I dare say that there's not enough other people to talk about it, and that's a little mission statement we've got with this podcast. Absolutely. It's a hard show to recommend because it's a show about a talking horse. Which, and for most people, you've lost them there at yeah, talking horse. I remember how I found this show was through... Uh, for those who don't know, we both work at whatculture.com Indeed. and there's some fabulous TV writers on for this website and for the do videos for us. And one of the TV editors at the time told me that Glow, my favorite show on Netflix, because it's about wrestling, I can't get enough wrestling, of course, uh, was only the second best show on Netflix. And I said, well, what can possibly be better than Glow on Netflix? And he told me, Bojack Horseman. And I said, what, that one about the talking horse? There it is. And yep. I had that exact feeling that everybody seems to have. I went back, I watched it. I found myself relentlessly texting him and texting you specifically. He'd watched it through once at this point. And I believe my texting of uh, you every night about the next episode I watched triggered you to give it your second go. Well, pretty much. I think at the point when you picked it up, I'd probably finished it for maybe maybe a month, Mm. something like that. Uh, And just hearing every week, every day, you popping (laughs) in with a new insight about the show, I was like... I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this. I have since done many times purely because it's just, it's that good. And I don't think it bothers me that more people aren't talking about this show. And would you believe it? Because we're in a fortunate enough position, we thought we'd kind of like to add to that, didn't we? Someone should. So why is Obi's adding to the noise? Well, I should it? point out, we have listened to some of our friends from across the pond who've yep. done a few Bojack Horseman podcasts. There are about four or five out there currently, but we realized there wasn't much going on in terms of the UK, obviously, where we are based for anybody who doesn't know and figured it seemed like the perfect excuse, didn't it, really? We're very keen to build a UK Bojack community, but of course we're reaching out to the world as well for Indeed. anybody that wants to listen. So, I mean... Where to really start with Bojack Horseman, the beauty of obviously a pilot is that it's very much designed around exposition and this show can't be defined by its pilot. If anything, the first series in general 
wasn't really received as the future seasons of the show would be. But this pilot on rewatch is still quite strong. And I think anybody that's watching for the first time, I should point out that we're going to go spoiler free yes. all the way through this episode, guys. Absolutely. So nothing that we'll say today will spoiler. Don't worry if you were thinking you had to stop. We're not going to mm-hmm. reference anything forward. But this is very much a study, most first and foremost, as it should be, about Bojack Horseman. Mm. Uh, we get a cold open where he's, we find out straight away that he was the star of a nightly show called Horsing Around. And how they use that is that he's being profiled on a, an exclusive show, Charlie Rose, as like an ex-former star. Now, the exposition is really clever with Bojack. Within the first 30 seconds of the show, we find out that Bojack parked in a disabled space. He's a little bit drunk. He thinks he's nailing the interview, despite the fact that he's sworn and admitted that he's parked in a disabled space. He's immune to Charlie Rose's kind of gentle criticism mm. of horsing around. He kind of, he still believes that that was a piece of art rather very, than just Very, very defensive, isn't he? Yeah, very rather than defensive. just some disposable American pop culture. Mm. And in that 30 seconds, it's an immediate character study of who Bojack Horseman is. And then it's summed up quite heartbreakingly before even the first credits of the first episode. What have you been doing the last 30 years? What have you been doing the last 30 years? And that ties in perfectly, of course. So we were, before everyone, we wanted to kind of give a a quick synopsis. And we thought, what better way to do that for the episodes than obviously just go to Netflix. They do it for (laughs) you. They do it for you. And they make it a nice, brief, little, little acceptable bits of verbiage for you. So the first one for this says, to help with their memoir, he hopes we'll put him back in the spotlight. Bojack hires a ghostwriter. And already from that first cold open, we can see... The kind of character we're dealing with here, I think. Well, that's it. So obviously, the the idea of a memoir is that somebody has lived a life. Mm. But Bojack, we have already learned, is kind of trapped in that one period of his life that he lived. And then what on earth has happened to him since? We kind of like immediately find ourselves introduced to like the other characters through the show. But this episode in particular centers around him failing to be able to write those memoirs by himself. Mm. We find out that he's been doing it for a year and a half. Um, he's been asked to work with a ghostwriter, but he says no, because we've learned that he's got like quite a fragile ego. He is the that ste- is a very gentle way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> he, despite being a horse mm. in this world, he's the stereotypical fragile actor caricature that we from the outside of Hollywood look in and think of so many of them to be. Uh, He's just a guy that had enough of a success to find wealth and to find fortune, but maybe feels creatively dissatisfied and doesn't quite know where he fits Mm. in Hollywood or amongst those stars anymore. Um, He constantly sits at home watching episodes of (laughs) Horsing Around, his (laughs) celebrated night is sitcom. Of course. As if to sort of highlight just how trapped he is, his development is completely arrested. There's a little nod there to voice actor Will Arnett, of course, Job, um, who is brilliant in this role as well. It's something that, you know, up to this point, he was probably best known for some of his film work and Arrested Development, but... He completely finds a new voice with Bojack. Bojack is immediately, he's humanized in the right way because that's this universe that we're watching. We're watching animals as humans. And at no point are we asked to receive Bojack as a horse. Mm. He's a human actor that just happens to have the body of the horse. So there's great gags in here about the fact that he can't get drunk without drinking gallons of beer. Mm. And then there's a cutaway to gallons of cans of beer around his house. (laughs) He eats so much free bread at a restaurant that he's charged $10 for it, much to his fury, despite him having what we believe to be limitless wealth. Um, Every aspect of his life seems to be centered around the fact that he can't move on from horsing around. He gets drunk and watches it at home. We learn that his phone ringtone is a polyphonic version of the horsing around ringtone, which itself feels like a dated thing that he's held on to because at least that's from a time that remembers his show. We see him engaging in sexual intercourse with the actress Emily, Emily Mortimer, while he's watching horsing (laughs) around in the background. Um, I think we should point out as well, and it's sort of, Finishes off the deed for him, shall we say, yep. when he gets to listen to one of his own gags in the show. That's what is the thing that gets him off the <laughs> end. 
there's a real tragedy to it. And then that's sort of emphasized by a cute cutaway gag. And we'll get to the use of cutaways in this episode later on. But a really cute cutaway gag where you just see him on the street and a seemingly random stranger walks up to him and just says, aren't you the horse from horsing around? And it's the thing he hates to hear the most, mm. but in a way, it's the only thing that gives him validation. And we learn that then all he was known as was the horse. The horse. His character was yeah. never even given a name. A complete stranger mm. has already sort of downgraded yeah. his contributions to the art, which is almost what Bojack does to itself. Yeah. Until you sit down and watch until it and you, you come to down. appreciate it. The last great horse and around reference from this pilot, and we should point out that there will be repeated references to horse and around throughout the series. Yes. Um, without giving away any spoilers, it's something that just because it was part of his past, we know that it feeds into his future and is and very much here is present. His death is teased in the show through what we think might be a heart attack. That turns out to be a scene from horse and around, and he's actually suffering panic attacks. So at this point, you're seeing how the show within the show is woven into his real life and how. Bojack Horseman as a Netflix show uses that to its advantage. Mm. I suppose this is at the point where we should introduce some of the ancillary characters that we meet in this because Bojack Horseman is an isolated and quite depressed figure, but he is also nothing without the people around him mm. that kind of, I don't know, justify his existence because what has he been doing over the last 30 years? It's a constant thing that we come back to is like the people that he's got around him are kind of the only things keeping him going. Mm. He's devoid of purpose otherwise. We meet Todd very early in the show. He's his uh, rent-free house guest, but he early on, he plays to, he, a quote is that he plays to Bojack's good heart. He's the one that sees something nice in Bojack because Bojack's been the one that's allowed him to live there. There's a great cutaway that we learn of Todd's past. Todd, of course, voiced by Breaking Bad star. Indeed. Um Go on, name. you can do it. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul, thank you very much. For. Aaron Paul, and we see... This is why I wouldn't let you do this podcast by yourself. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> All you young people TV All shows. you kids, eh? The, uh, there's a great cutaway gag to a, a very small portion of Todd's past life where he's gotten in trouble with a drug cartel and it even feeds into the show where he's got to throw a party at Bojack's posh flat. Indeed. Just to, you know, deal with these drug, drug barons that have found him in trouble. Um, Todd is... He's not a character with a great deal of depth in the pilot, we see him as a little bit of a bum, but he's constantly playing the the angel on Bojack's mm. shoulder. He knows of Bojack's failings and he knows of his flaws. But if he wasn't sleeping on his couch, then he'd be in a lot of trouble. He comes across as very wise in this episode, mm. I find. Bojack obviously feeling a bit... He's the kind of character who obviously has a lot of self-doubt, a lot of self-loathing a mm. lot of the time. And Todd, despite the fact that might evolve and change as the show goes on, in this episode in particular, he comes across as this kind of like a wise guru almost to Bojack, mm. where Bojack is sitting there looking for answers and Todd, quite hilariously at some point, uh, and Todd is the one who kind of gives him those answers, even though Bojack himself dismisses the fact that Todd should even be in his life. There's a trope in film and television is that often like homeless characters or mm. vagabonds or vagrants yeah. are the ones with all the wisdom Indeed. that they've seen more of the world than any of us can see just walking our day to day, doing our job, doing whatever it is Bojack Horseman does. And Todd, through being a sofa surfer or a weird past life that we get very limited exposure to, what he's picked up from that, it gives him more wisdom than Bojack being trapped in the Hollywood bubble can ever perhaps realise. Mm. Um, it's why... Bojack has to write these memoirs with the help of a ghostwriter. He's pushed onto a ghostwriter because his interactions with Pinky Penguin, the representative <laughs> in the show from Penguin Publishing, mm -hmm. um, a magic character and an early use of Bojack Horseman's, I think, ability to assess 
like the change in, in how we observe culture and how we mm. absorb it. Um, Pinky Penguins sort of paint a picture for anybody that is only oh, watching along. A, a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> Pinky Penguin paint the picture. <laughs> he is in a disheveled office mm. with no money, with no funds, because despite being the publisher, Penguin that is probably the most famous publishing yes. company in the world. Certainly recognized. <laughs> in his words to Bojack, when was the last time you saw a book? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's such a great little nod to, again, how like sterile Hollywood is and how disposable the content that Hollywood spews out because books were once seen as like kind of the great and good produced and read and fed off books. And now that's just been replaced. It's been replaced by the very streaming service that we watch this show on. It, it, exactly. The very show itself is a product probably of a time when it, this show wouldn't have been created were it not for the sort of streaming services that are available now. So there's a whole layer inside this show yeah. itself where they must know that and they're very aware. And I just love also just to, to interject slightly here, the fact we immediately get shown, and this is something we, we'll see continue throughout the show, especially when you're looking at the fact the whole show is literally about a talking horse, how they use animals within the show <laughs> to, to play on something as simple as penguin publishing and they use a penguin. Now of I know it's it's, of course it sounds like a no brainer, but even the tiny little gag of just all the penguins in the office, in the main office, <laughs> it's running, it's run down. It's des desolated. You got the penguins sliding across on the stomach. <laughs> just like it's tiny little stuff like that, but you can already get the picture that this is going to be a well thought out show. There's kind of a, I read this anyway, there's kind of a read where almost like it's a bit of a reflection on global warming as well. If you ever watch a nature documentary, you find penguins struggling in their natural habitat mm. because obviously the world is melting around them. The world that they knew, the world that was safe is no longer the case. Yeah. In Bojack Horseman world, because penguins can work in a publishing company, this is the world they knew. Yeah. And that, like the polar ice and caps are that, the death of the book. Yeah. Like they kind of, they can't find their feet anymore. They're slipping underneath the floor that was once keeping them stable. And Pinky is this, like, as I say, this really tragic figure. He gives Bojack a week to finish what he believes is a memoir that he's been working on all this time. Bojack hasn't been doing it and he's just procrastinates, watches more episodes of horsing around. So that week passes and that enforces the need for the ghostwriter. Indeed. So that kind of need, leads us quite neatly onto Bojack's ghostwriter, Diane Nguyen. We don't meet her at the start of the episode, we meet her towards the end. So we're not really working chronologically here, but she'll play a role in Bojack's life that we'll kind of get into in greater detail. But all we meet over here is that she's a writer. She's just somebody that's ghostwritten Secretariat, who was Bojack's hero, as we'll later find out. But basically, the only other sort of famous horse mm. figure that could be used in this show is Secretariat. She's wrote his uh, autobiography, so theoretically, she's perfect for Bojack. Um, she's kind of a, a difficult character. The, the, the party that Todd throws is where we kind of get to hear all about her. She's awkward. She's got her own kind of self-doubt issues. She's got her own mm. concerns that she can't really articulate at this point. Um, but as a result of that, there's a kinship. Oh, yes. Immedi immediately straight up and not just with those two i should point out when i was first watching this and again now on the rewatch of course immediately two characters i was drawn to thinking we've all been in that scenario where a party is going on that you're supposed to be enjoying and ultimately you you're trying to figure out what the keys are to unlock that potential that is in this party you've been told this is going to be great fun just go and enjoy yourself <laughs> and you're trying to figure it out and it's not as i think the Hollywood in general, mm. as it would seem, is being portrayed. Yeah, not perhaps the song and dance party that we all maybe believe that it is. It's almost like so. Diane and Bojack don't really know how to behave at this mm. party, but that would be anyone at any party anywhere. So it immediately, kind of humanizes both of them. Absolutely. And um, we'll have to go back a little bit here because Bojack Horseman. We're also introduced to his girlfriend. Well, he soon becomes his ex-girlfriend, Princess Carolyn. Um, she's starts life as a girlfriend in the show 
but she wants children. She wants commitment. She's looking for a future, and it's mm -hmm. one that Bojack can't remotely promise her. She's very driven in all aspects of her life. Her other aspect being the twist, she's also Bojack's agent, his long-suffering agent. How quickly it spins around from them going, we get the sort of image, don't we? We get a little bit of a flashback to their interactions, Bojack certainly trying to remember them after a few too many drinks, shall we say, <laughs> along with his natural day-to-day -day yeah. drinking, it would seem, as we've been introduced to. And immediately we get this sense of, this is a character who wants a lot more than what Bojack is offering in this world, in particular, just as, as a partner, but also eventually, I guess we see the client-agent um, relationship that they have, when he literally throws her out of the car, and, of course, what does she do? Mid-flip mid lands on her feet, <laughs> because, of course, she is a cat. All things that we're going to come back to throughout time and time again. Little things, though, like this, the, the tiny details, but the and we're going to touch on a few more of them, but... The, the it's rich it's with rich. them, isn't it? It's yep. so rich in what makes the show. So Princess Carolyn obviously remains his very professional agent. He's trying to get him work, and obviously sense, you sense the frustration from Princess Carolyn that Bojack, we'll keep going back to this, hasn't really been doing much for the last 30 years. Yeah. So she's got to be the one to endure that, and she's got to weather those storms, and obviously it makes it quite clear why she can't be his girlfriend anymore. We see the scene where she breaks up, with Bojack in a restaurant over bread. Mm. And it's at that point that we meet kind of Bojack's alter ego, Mr. Peanut Butter. Now, Mr. Peanut Butter at this point is, so we meet him as, and he's kind of introduced almost like a bit of a Jersey Shore douchebag mm. that's found his way to Hollywood. But immediately there's more to it. There's clearly some sort of long-standing relationship between Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter that we're not made aware of mm. until he turns up at the party later on. As it turns out, there was a show called Peanut Butter's House, Mr. Peanut Butter's House, yep. where he took on children in the same way that Bojack did in Horsing Around. It's something that Bojack despises because he sees Peanut Butter's project as this piece of garbage, this piece of disposable Americana rubbish, which is how everybody views his show apart from him. So it's not a mirror he wants to really look into. So every time he sees Mr. Peanut Butter, he's filled again mm. with that sense of self-loathing, that sense of doubt about what it was that he even produced that time around. Well, in particular, with the show, Mr. Peanut Butter's house, he sees, it's like it's Bojack just staring into a mirror, isn't yeah. it? He sees, and he even goes as far to say that the, it's such a dumb premise for a show. Of course, speaking of Diane, who's very politely just sort of going along with it at the yeah. time. But, and obviously, as we learn, there's another layer to all of that, of course. But the fact is that, if I remember the, the first time looking at these two characters, you see two two versions of what is essentially that, as you say, the same guy. One is wallowing in self pity about what isn't. The other is living life to the fullest in what is, or certainly the mm. best. The glass half full and the glass half empty. Put them next to each other, and that's exactly what they are. Even that there's obviously differences between the two. One's a horse and one's a dog, Michael. But, <laughs> the, thing, but the thing is, of course, we're meant to look at them and, and see the complete opposite ends of the spectrum, particularly when it comes to Hollywood. There is a brilliant line that Bojack, he says this to Diane while they're just talking mm -hmm. at the party. As you can kind of hear Mr. Peanut Butter in the background, he's convivial. He knows how to behave at these things. And he kind of, he's not the funniest guy in the room. He's not the most entertaining, but people just accept him for who he is. And he seems very comfortable in his own fur. And he embraces it, doesn't he? That's yeah. the difference. He embraces the party situations like this the social aspect the extroverted part of it whereas Bojack very much wants to reject it he's not too cool for it but he just doesn't like it it's a it's a it's a bothersome to him he does get it but he refuses to acknowledge that that's why Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter is here he says he's so stupid he doesn't realize how miserable he should be yeah. so that's Bojack trying to own the same lives that they've lived and yet still says though he says I envy that yeah like even though he can absolutely look at him and say oh he doesn't understand he's an idiot 
but he envies it. That's what he wants. He secretly wants it. He knows he can't attain it himself, but that's the guy he would like to be in his own eyes. His life is a permanent puzzle that he can see the picture, but he just can't Absolutely. ever put the pieces together. He can together. never put the pieces together. No. And that's exactly kind of followed there, not that just trolling your toes, but of course, when he's talking with Diane and she says to him, well, you know, like, you're responsible for your mm. own happiness. And he's like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord, that's depressing, is what he says. <laughs> he says, and then just think that in terms of, if you could sum two guys up immediately and set the scene for these two characters as polar opposites, that's how you do it. It's quite relatable. And I think, so to backtrack off the plot of this episode specifically, mm. this pilot and then season one to the wider general public was seen as the talking horse comedy. And even in the pilot, that is somewhat misrepresented because these are very raw human emotions being discussed Absolutely. in a way that almost animation can do a better job than real life mm. because you require two actors to be able to perform this this very kind of relatable content to the the audience watching and have the audience think to themselves i feel that i understand what it is to go through and suffer those feelings or not really be sure of my place in the world mm. but it takes a great actor to actually be able to get that emotion across with animation you can allow a horse to do it because you've spent the last 20 minutes telling the story of a horse kind of living through depression and living through anxiety and and stress and all those sort of things and i think that's one of the weird safety nets this show has because it's animation essentially you can go places that perhaps someone might not exactly feel comfortable having portrayed on screen with an actual person. Because this show really gets to the knuckle very mm. quickly. Even in this episode, we start to see, oh, this isn't like your usual shows. Yeah. We're going to talk about things you don't normally discuss. Ironically, the one thing that probably keeps a lot of people away, and it's this animated talking horse, is maybe the one thing that allows them to be so clinical and so critical in terms of society and their commentary on it. Mm. I, I mean... As well, I think there's obviously people might have gone in with different expectations and they might have been waiting for gags. and A family guy, gag a minute kind yeah. of thing. And it's not for us to talk through every gag because we'd Same love people enough. to watch along as we're doing this and we don't want to ruin some of the incredible laugh out loud pops mm. that this show offers. Um, but I suppose like that does bring us quite nicely to the kind of grand payoff for ep season one, episode one. Yes. So Bojack, we've seen this contrast between Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter throughout and yet we've seen this coming together between Bojack and Diane. They're really simpatico and Bojack having throughout not really wanted to use the ghostwriter because of his ego is to he sort of accepts her they come together and he mm. says okay i'll let you do this he makes one little caveat he says don't put in the stuff about how sad i was in <laughs> <Yeah>. the book <laughs> because he already is misunderstanding what their relationship is going to be and then there is the big reveal of mr course. peanut butter comes over bojack rolls his eyes thinking he's gonna have to put up with him for a little this bit this guy <laughs> this guy yeah. and then it turns out this guy is diane's boyfriend Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bojack and us felt ourselves falling for their relationship, Indeed. felt themselves falling for Diane, and she's with the douchebag. This typical thing that looked like what it was going to be a meet-cute is suddenly this really really complicated thing that we weren't ready for. I mean, I guess, yes, it's not a completely wild trope, but Bojack has literally just committed, just committed to this ghostwriter who we are kind of, if you remove that scene, we're given this moment where it's like, oh, this is interesting. Mm. These two have a, oh, wait, no, they don't, because this guy's just come in, the guy we've already seen who has a strange enough relationship with Bojack and has completely turned that upside down. It's kind of how he views his own life in a microcosm. Something brings him an element of gratification or an element of actual bona fide happiness for a split second. And then it is enveloped in something that crushes his very soul, yeah. something that depresses him all over again. It's like the system is rigged. Mm. That's kind of how he, he feels like he's constantly swimming against the tide. Yeah. There's and, always a punchline that, that yeah, he can't see. And he's the one that has to suffer that, unfortunately. Mm. And that's sort of where we wrap up. It's such a big payoff. There is a, a wonderful gag, which again, I won't spoil, to the extent at which Bojack tries to confirm with extremely graphic language that these two are definitely a couple. It's outstanding. It's a way that a show wouldn't do because it doesn't want to paint the picture. Bojack is extremely raw with this. It never shies away from painting the picture for the viewer mm. to make it as raw and as painful as possible. You're being asked to feel the heartbreak that Bojack feels mm. as somebody that he took more of a professional interest in be ripped away from him in yeah. an instant. It, well, the payoff, of course, is the very, very end where <laughs> after he is essentially processing this in his head, but verbalizing it piece by piece, he, of course, ends up projectile vomiting <laughs> over the top of his balcony, a pile of cotton candy, which goes back to Todd mentioning about how this once happened previous, and, of course, the cotton candy machine that we <laughs> saw at the beginning of the episode. Brilliant stuff. Um, in terms of the episode as a whole, though, mm. we did mention there's a lot of... It's rich is probably the... Is, the fairest way to put it. There's yeah. a lot of things going on here, gag-wise, like in terms of the hidden things we've maybe, like you might not see. There's, there's some of them are just, of course, the day-to-day gags within the show. But mm. there's a point where I think it's, they've they've the, the time that they spend, the gags are smarter gags. Mm. Uh, so we what we're going to try and do as we continue this podcast, we realize this is a painful task that we've, that we've set ourselves up. <laughs> but we are going to try and keep tabs on the ones that we noticed as we went through yeah. in Yes, there will be some we won't get. So, of course, but by, by all means, if you get the chance, let us know the ones we didn't find. But here, yep. here's just a few of our favorites from the selected ones that I basically picked. I'll be honest, most of these were picked on how much I thought you would react to them <laughs> and, and whether or not I'd get some sort of hysterical laughter okay. from us going through them. But little ones that I, I've went for ones that maybe I haven't noticed. Like the first time I've noticed these, mm -hmm. like I say, there are lots. So... Please, everybody, let us know your favourites as well. Absolutely. Screenshots, all Throw that sort of stuff. It's all sort of good. This is rich with these things. At Podcast Horseman on Twitter. Tweet At, us. Indeed. Send us them. We love them. Please do, because let's be honest, some of these are so Americanized that we will miss them. Mm, and yeah. we are we are from across the pond, of course. So yeah. we've done a little bit of research, but we're trying to patch them in as best we possible can. So immediately, I'm seeing things like, 
we get the magazine reviews from Charlie Rose at the very beginning. Mm. Now, there's a few different ones here. TV Guru. You get Person Magazine, of course, <laughs> instead, of, instead of People Magazine as we know it. And then amongst other magazines, there's this fantastic picture of Bojack with the guys from Run DMC and Jam Master J and with the caption, trot this way, <laughs> as, as he's dressed up as Steven Tyler, of course, from Aerosmith. A lovely little nod there, which I had never seen until we watched it this way around. Uh, really just, <laughs> honestly, if you look back, it, this is deep one of those cuts, things. You're going to have to go back and pause the show as you go through because they're fantastic. Uh, Maury Povich was on TV doing his typical spiel, which mm-hmm. I'm sure will mean more to our American viewers. Um and then immediately I started to notice the context of things like we get a little bit of art on the wall in a, in a scene in Bojack's office, which is an immediately obvious nod to a David Hockney piece of art, the mm. portrait of the artist, where it's Bojack underwater, yeah. looking at himself swimming in a swimming pool. Now, obviously... It, itself a reflection of his reflection of on his himself. reflection yeah. on himself, but also the painting of the original artist, David Hockney, is very introspective. It's mm. very quite... Uh, daunting, I guess, if yeah. you want to put it that way. And it couldn't fit Bojack Horseman better as a show, of course. Look on to find stuff like that. Now, there are little things like um, the, <laughs> the restaurant Elefante, of course, <laughs> which uh, we we see for the first time. The bartender. What, what do you think the bartender is? Of course, the bartender is an elephant. Of course, it's what an else elephant. Of course, it's an be? elephant. That makes yeah. perfect sense. There is a bar. There's a bar. There's a fly at the bar chatting up a woman, of course, a bar fly, fly. standing there. Little simple things, but these all seem to tick the box. And they're never, we should point out, none of these are ever, ever focused upon. Some of them go too quickly to properly process them. They reward rewatch. them. One second. And the whole point is they want you to pause the show. Uh, When Bojack first meets meets Mr. Peanut Butter, he says the phrase, always a Clydesdale, never a Clyde. Now, at the beginning, and then he says, oh, don't worry, you'll get that later. Well, it's a a really clever, in-depth meta joke here because... Always a Clydesdale, never a Clyde. Clydesdale, obviously, being a horse. But mm-hmm. if you take that into human terms, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Oh, that is brilliant. And Bojack, who thinks he's about to potentially land this weird, lovely, meet-cute rom-com thing with Diane, yeah. ends up being the bridesmaid when Mr. Peanut Butter turns up, and now he gets the joke, whether and he knows it or not. And how dare Mr. Peanut Butter and think that his show was yes, better than Bojack's? How dare he? Yeah. How dare he? Bojack, thinking he's got the upper hand, but little did he know, of course, he was wrong. Bojack shouting in the restaurant so loud that a gang of pigeons in front of the restaurant fly away. Panic. I thought that was great stuff. There's a little gag that runs throughout this episode where Bojack talks about, uh, he continues to talk in terms of headlines. Now, you've probably picked up on that, where Bojack says, I think it's when him and Todd are talking about his evening prior. Hmm. And he says, listen, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the headline is, dumb guy eats bread, gets fat, the end. That's what he says to Todd. And Todd's like, what what kind of headline is that? <laughs> he says, what kind of headline is that? Of course, later on, that is revisited um, in the episode when Todd and Bojack are talking. I'm trying to find it here. I will come. I'll, I'll find it when I get to it in my mm. notes here. But that it does get revisited, and it's something yeah. they play throughout the episode. Um, obviously, we've mentioned as as Princess Carolyn gets thrown out of the car, she lands on her feet because she's a cat, and her tea is of course catnip tea, lovely, which is lovely a nice little touch. Makes perfect sense. Uh, the penguins of public in. Uh, the penguins in Peng- Penguin Publishing. Wow, that's a tongue twister <laughs> for me. Also, hilariously, uh, one of the penguins, because it's such a dire straits that's going on in Penguin Publishing, uh, actually jumps off the building, commits, <laughs> commits suicide. But as he goes down, we get the famous Wilhelm scream, which obviously for anybody who is a film lover, you'll know is literally dotted throughout many films mm-hmm. in the world of cinema. Um, on his desk, tubs instead of tums, or tub instead of tums. Lovely. Tiny little touches there, but all relevant. Again, Pinky Penguin delivering the goods <laughs> here as he gives Bojack Diane's business card 
And amongst other things, we see that she's a writer, but her email address is noin is the is the loneliest number at AOL.com, oh, which is just delightful given what we know about these two later on. Combining puns with heartbreak. With heartbreak. Like, how dare they? Yeah, how, how dare, they? dare they even go down that route? Also on the back of the book, which Bojack sees, the Secretariat book, is a bunch of alternate versions of newspaper reviews. We get the New Yorkie Times. We get, <laughs> ironically though, the New York Times is mentioned a little bit earlier in the book blurb, which is uh-huh. an interesting uh, approach. We also get the USA Toady. Very good. Than USA Today, and we get Newspe- Newsbeak, sorry, <laughs> which is just <laughs> so simple. And also, another little bit that I spotted on the back of the book, it says that about Diane. One, in context, when you read it, means nothing, but in the end of the episode, it means so much more. It says, Diane currently lives in Los, in Los Angeles with a dog. Oh. And of course, you would assume, based on natural thing, it's just a dog and her, but actually, it is, of course, her partner in life, Mr. Peanut there's, Butter. There's two things happening with a one like that, isn't there? I know. The devil is in the detail, obviously, yeah. for how are you going to get that paid off. But also, it's a room, you'd like to think it's a room of people trying desperately to make each other laugh with daft mm. puns. Yeah. And to be able to pull those two seemingly opposing forces together mm-hmm. for a show like this, it's a, it's a wonderful, I suppose, choice that they make very early on and then a force sticking to it all the way through. Force, but also imagine trying to be in that room and turning up to work thinking, I need to get a good one in here <laughs> because the guys have really been outdoing me so far. You obviously also already mentioned that we get the lovely little tie-in of Jesse, the Jesse Breaking Bad kind mm. of element of Todd trying to sell E on a to whoever on somebody's turf, which is why he gets into the problem, which needs him to have that quinceanera, the party yes. at Bojack's in the end, which is a lovely little tie back. Um, the headline, there we go. I knew we'd get there eventually. The second head, headline gag the Bojack pulls off is, stupid Bojack writes a stupid book about his stupid life. Nobody cares. <laughs> and, and to which Todd retorts, what kind of newspapers are you reading, man? Like, wh- where's he getting these headlines from? Ridiculously self-obsessed. Ridiculous. Oh, so absolutely self-obsessed to a, to an absolute fault. But even better than that, it, for, it gets this wonderful moment with Diane's um, name in the uh, email address on the back, on the card that Pinky Penguin gives him. And then as he's trying to pronounce it later on, completely butchers it on purpose for... For that, you know, you know the one when you're trying to really make it out like you hate this person. I don't like them. Yeah, like, I hate this person and a stupid, unpronounceable surname, Diane Naguya Go Gugugugah, <laughs> which is just so utterly ridiculous that you couldn't even possibly come close to getting that. It's it's a gag that they re- like they use twice before yes. we meet Diane. Before we even get there. and then at the reveal of Mr. Peanut Butter being a boyfriend, he, he nails it perfect. straight away. He, he just goes, name. "Oh, my girlfriend, Diane knew in. Yeah. and it's just, "Oh, wow, he really it's, he's got a closeness." Diane knew in immediately, and it's like, ah. Oh, he knows what it is. If Bojack is an avatar for all of us, we've just lost that little battle yeah. oh, for absolutely. Diane's heart. For Diane's heart. And even in that little section where Bojack starts to get a bit panicked and a bit worked up, uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, oh no, he's having a heart attack. He thinks he's on the floor. He says he smells toast. And then, of course, P- Princess Carolyn drops in and says, oh my God, my toast. <laughs> <laughs> so simple, but so very, very clever. And of course, on the topic of that, this is just a little social commentary I noticed throughout. Uh, Bojack has a second anxiety attack when he's in hospital, at the prospect of having to pick up a telephone <laughs> and call Diane, which, if that doesn't tell you what's going on with the world right now, everybody who literally does not want to talk with other humans, just texting or stay silent, I don't know what does. It's a honest. really good foreshadowing of the first conversation as well. An idea, he didn't even know that it was somebody that he could find himself falling in love with. Indeed. If that was the case, he'd not want to ring her out of nerves. Already that's being like foreshadowed. It's, it's something that's embedded in him that he knows that this could be something serious and he doesn't want to make that call. Absolutely. Now, the party... As you can imagine, the last couple of little ones here, there's a load of little bits floating around the party. The first noticeable one, we see the mariachi band. Now, 
we tried to put the pieces together. Yeah. We're wondering if maybe you could help us because there's definitely a gag here. Maybe we're missing it. But there's a mariachi band, which you will notice. We think the frogs. Mm. They could be toads. <laughs> but we think they're frogs. And you'll notice there's two, two frogs in the band. But one is a person, <laughs> but a person who looks exactly like a frog, just completely... It's, it's 100% a human with frog aspects, which is really funny. Such a quick play on, already we see it, it's instead of having the anthropomorphic animals, we've now got, I don't know what the, the name or term would be for the inverse. Of yeah, it's, it's not animals dressed as humans, yeah, it's, it's humans, humans wanting to be dressed as animals. Dressed as, animals. Yeah. as if animals are more the power players in this world. Indeed, yeah. indeed. So the, we did do, try to do a little bit of research into this, didn't we? And we yeah. got a potential tie-in with the three... Frogs Cafe. We found the Three Frogs Cafe in Hawaii, which is an incredibly in niche plug for it's them if they happen to be listening. <laughs> That's um, about as good as we got. I yeah, think. They, they did have some Mexican food on the menu. Yeah. Um, uh, so that would be maybe why they would like loan out their band name to a party of, of this nature. Indeed. But so that's if, some if, guesswork. We're very welcome to suggestions. on that, of course, please let us know because it ties in, of course, with the theme of the Quinceanera that, that we see is happening. Uh, of course, we see we see them playing Pin the Tail on the Donkey. Now, of course, the Donkey is an anthropomorphic donkey on the picture with a jumper and, and all that on. <laughs> of course. But the person who is playing Pin the Tail on the Donkey is actually about to put the tail on the back of an actual <laughs> uh, anthropomorphic the ass donkey. Of an ass. The actual ass of an ass, which was a nice little touch. Uh, there's a look. The birthday girl who's hitting the pinata, of course, really upsetting Bojack <laughs> because there's just a horse hanging from the ceiling getting smacked with a bat right in front of his eyes, which he says he finds offensive. Uh, a little tiny thing, we, obviously, we get with Mr. Peanut Butter, which uh, if anybody who's seen the show, you'll understand. For anybody who's just watching it, you'll notice it now from moving on from this episode. He talks a lot about Erica when he's in these social situations, which is the perfect the Hollywood thing of how to blow somebody off. Mm. Hey, Erica. And yeah. then he walks off into a crowd and, does, and doesn't and does come back. He says, I want to talk to you. And then, hey, Erica. And off he goes. Well, he does it twice in this episode. So I think maybe we should keep a tally of this. Mm. Because as we know. An error count. An error. Oh, goodness me. It all comes organically in the end, <laughs> doesn't it? And I think the last little massive one really here of note is, um, we, oh, I found hilarious, was is Diane. Uh, when, she, when she first introduces herself to Bojack, she's panicky she's a bit anxious they're both not really great at the social thing and she starts talking about like the parties and how she's not great at parties and then she's looking at some guy or he looks like he's having a good time bojack kind of looks and says oh what guy and she's like oh no not the guy uh, just a hypothetical guy and she goes down the rabbit hole and then she's like she starts off and she says shut up diane you're at a party compliment the host you have a lovely home <laughs> and just, I, I felt this on so many levels where she just wanted to have the internal monologue keep it inside, but yeah, it just happened to find itself trickling out because she's similar to what Bojack was doing with his headlines, just mm. impossible to not do these things. Uh, I thought it was lovely character work. And I mean, like I said, those are just some of the many, many gags that you're going to get in these episodes, but just how long must it take for them to do these things, man? It's again, well, I feel like we're going to say this probably in every episode, but there's no one single moment in Bojack where you're not really appreciating the mm. craft it's um, it's a show that like doesn't sell itself well enough on that because you have to watch it to find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. But you can just see and feel and hear the work that's gone into this. This is so much more than animation because of that. Animations are often so flat feeling because there isn't detail put into the background. Yeah. There isn't detail put into gag. This is as three-dimensional as any like high-budget HBO show or a Netflix-budget film or anything like that. I would argue these gags and these little hidden jokes and easter eggs within the episodes are probably for me personally i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who think the same are probably more impactful than the stuff like i love i love family guy or certainly when i used to watch it it 
the gags were so funny. The cutaways are hilarious. Mm. But it is surface gag. That's it. It's and that's not a criticism of the show. It works fantastically well. Mm. But you get the feeling they deliberately didn't want to be that show. They yeah. didn't want the simple gag. There's a couple of times, like Bojack running away when Princess Carolyn mentions babies in a gag that we see a little flashback. But other than that, there's a lot of these gags are think as gags, which mm. I think is quite rewarding for people who like that kind of rich texture within the show. Well, I think that's just about a wrap on Bojack Horseman, Series 1, Episode 1, Bojack Horseman, The Bojack Horseman Story, <laughs> Chapter 1. Just in case we didn't think you were self-indulgent enough. The most self-indulgent horse right there. Feels like we've covered everything. Just about everything, Michael, I think. But there is one last thing, and then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. <laughs> okay. If you'll indulge me and my, what's the word I'm looking for? extroverted titles, <laughs> shall we say. I thought it'd be nice if we just came up with the one thing maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about, mm-hmm. about the about the about this episode of the show, and you can have yours and I'll have mine. How about that? Sounds that good Sounds to me. like a nice thing. Yep. Mine, of course, is it's going to be a gag. <laughs> of course it's going to be a gag because there's so many in this show, but one that I did specifically save for later on was this. It killed me, this. Killed me. There, there's a moment where Bojack, throughout the show, as we see, is... Uh, watching old episodes of Horse and Around. Mm-hmm. On this particular occasion, he's watching little Sabrina on screen. Uh, he gets very emotional, <laughs> and he's so uh, he's so indulged in the show, as we, as we find with Bojack, that we've got quite a close-up on the camera, so you see Bojack, and he turns to Todd and says, ah, little Sabrina grew up right before our eyes, didn't she, Todd? And as he turns to see Todd, Todd's not there. Todd isn't there <laughs> on the city. But Bojack needs this. He needs the little sort of, Re- reaffirmation that he's right about this of that thing, exact of sentiment. This exact <laughs> sentiment. He needs to know it. <laughs> so he turns to the, over the city, Todd, who's out of the room, and just shouts, Todd! Todd! And Todd obviously responds and he says, Did Sabrina grow up right before our eyes, Todd? <laughs> An annoyed Todd shouting back, Yes! <laughs> and he's like, Yes, he did. Yeah. I just thought that was so good because he, he can't even let this little thing go. He has to have someone to say, Pat him on the head and just say, you were right. Yes, you were. We That did happen. <laughs> it's you Todd's job, isn't it's it? It's Todd's there? little job. And ironically, someone he doesn't want there is literally a backbone for him once again, as we see throughout the show. And I just thought, more of that, please. That would be great. That's, I mean, that's, that is an example, I think, of where people probably don't necessarily think this is a gag show. Yes, It's exactly. a big, big laugh, that. It's oh, a big yeah, laugh. And it got me. It's a hearty laugh, that one. Yeah. It really got me good. It's mine, I suppose, it feels more in tone with some of the sadder elements of this that we've discussed. It's in the very first, probably 30 to 40 seconds of Bojack Horseman, we get what we see throughout this episode, and we'll get more of later, which is the the commentary on the show by the show. I've gone really like light, and you're going to go dark. (laughs) This is what you're going to see throughout this podcast, I imagine. It's when you have kids. One of us. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the, the kind of... The darkness of Bojack Horseman's life as reflected through Bojack Horseman, the television show, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. So Bojack is referring to Horseman Around and he's trying to defend it to Charlie Rose because mm. Charlie Rose is kind of gently ripping it to bits in yes. front of him and Bojack struggles with that. And he just says, and this sums up everything that Bojack Horseman isn't, Bojack Horseman, the real show, isn't, and maybe what people think it is. Um, at the end of 30 minutes, everything works out okay. And what have we just discussed? We've talked about how he thought he'd met the woman of his dreams and she's with the ex-colleague that he can't stand. And that already it foreshadows how the first episode, the first episode, the first time we're introducing to Bojack's life, it's not going to work out okay. This is not a 30-minute episode for him. It's not a 30-minute episode nope. for us, the viewer, where things work out okay. This in no way is horsing around. And even more, the guy is literally vomiting 
God, <laughs> of, if, if everything else hasn't fi- figured out in terms of the relationship side of things, just to hammer it home, he's vomiting <laughs> cotton candy over the edge of a balcony. What a way to end the show that is. I mean, fantastic stuff. It's absolutely it? magic. It's Brilliant. superb. And as you say, you say that was quite lighthearted in the end. You yeah, we got there that. in a weird way through tragedy, I guess. <laughs> 30 minutes later. Well, I think that's pretty much about it for this episode of, of course, Podcast Horseman. I should probably get used to saying that. Yeah. This very podcast. But we have got the next episode to come. And on that one, let's give you a little synopsis, courtesy <laughs> of our good friends at Netflix, on what we can expect. And, I mean, if you're going to sum the show up, this is pretty much a good way to do it. Bojack, this is for episode two, which is called Bojack Hates the Troops, <laughs> I should point out. Uh, it says, Bojack finds himself the subject of national media attention after he calls the troops Jakes. <laughs> so it again, leads with a big gag. <laughs> of course. What, how else is this show going to end, Michael? That was, that end, lead, everything about it is going to be some kind of gag. But uh, for the time being, that is obviously all we have on this week's episode. In terms of, we're going to give you a light shill. Why not? Because mm. this is the beginning of a podcast and we need all of the help we've got. That, those are our last thoughts on the show. If you have any thoughts of your own, though, that you'd like to share with us, you can find us, for, you certainly find this podcast, on Instagram or Twitter, at Podcast Horseman. You nice, can, easy one to remember. Nice, easy one to remember. At Podcast Horseman. We, we really tried to find something that was going to be yeah. easy. I'd hate to tell you how many instances of names we went through. <laughs> let's not go into that. If you want to follow either of your lovely hosts, well, allegedly lovely hosts, you can follow me on Twitter, at It's Adam Nicholas, or they can follow you, Michael Hamflet, on Twitter, whereabouts? At Michael Hamflet. Absolutely. And for anybody who's into the podcast side of things, where can they subscribe to? Well, luckily, you can subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts mm-hmm. from there. It's all out there. Just search for Podcast so Horseman. Many. There's so many, but please pick us. Um, yeah. And because there's so many, we would love you to leave a five-star review. We're not too ashamed to beg at this point. As episode one, we're a new podcast. We'd love you to leave a review. I will uh, never be ashamed to beg, even at the latter episodes of this podcast. Yeah. I want you to know that. Tell your friends, tell your family to the point of annoyance. Tell your enemies. Leave, tell your enemies, <laughs> you know, even if they leave us a review, as long as they criticize us, but they put five stars, they can say <laughs> what they want in that text box. I don't mind if there's a dog's abuse or a horse's abuse, oh, as long as there's five stars. Um, it's really a important. Yes or a nay. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it helps other people find us once you've recommended. And we don't want to be like Bojack Horseman. When you recommend us to a friend, we actually want them to follow through on it. Exactly. Because if they follow through on that, more people might follow up on Bojack Horseman. And that's what this community is all about. Indeed. It's what we're all here for. We want, we love this show. This is podcast is a labor of love. It's what we just want to share with everybody so they can enjoy the show even more and they can talk to you about it and we can talk to you about it. That sounds lovely. Well, that's enough for the shilling. Hmm. I guess all that it remains to say is that I am Adam Nicholas. And I'm Michael Hamflit. And this has been Podcast Horseman. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.